Hi, Joe. Hi, Fiora. How are things going with you? Good. Uh, we got back from um, our trip up to Carmel this last last weekend. That was really, really nice. Um, I've never been up there. Have you been? It's the central coast of California. No, I've never been to California. It's on the bucket list. There's a whole trip down the coast and all that stuff I want to plan. So it was very beautiful. Uh, it's my first time. I mean, I've lived in California most of my life, but um, it was my it was our first time, my first time, going up, and it was it's like a six hour drive from where we live, um, and the majority of the drive is is really beautiful. It's like you you're driving up the 101 right on the coast, and it's mostly you know seaside the whole time. It's beautiful, um, but as we're driving up there, I'm like I'm seeing the landmarks and stuff and there's um uh like the the missions and stuff are always called out and like i have a very personal problem with the missions like because they were essentially um whitewashing studios for you know the native of the native people for the native people and stripping them of their of their culture and their history and all of that so um kind of art already irritates me just when I see them because I feel like they shouldn't even be they shouldn't even be a, a, a site in the way that they are like I liken it to the way that because there are people that you can like get married at the like, at a mission and you can go take like wedding pictures and all that shit I liken that to like when people do that in plantations in the mm-hmm. south mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel like it's the same shit and yep. it really fucking bothers me all right we hate <laughs> missions screw you missions you suck and I'm like reading the history because I just want to know like as we're going up there I'm like looking up the history online because I I want to know like where where am I and like you know what what is it about this place and who lived here and all that and the that central region the northern coast of California was uh, originally occupied by the Chumash natives and they are literally a blip in like when you look up the the history of of this area of these areas they're a blip they're like the chumash indians inhabited this area and then it's like a list of all these white guys who did all this shit and i'm like that's it that's all they get like they literally like they lived here for hundreds of years and they get one fucking sentence um yeah so uh that was that was rather irritating but um there's some really cool stories for anybody that's interested um about look up the chumash the rebellion that was um essentially them fighting back against colonization and obviously they were not successful you know to to an extent um but um there are still chumash people around so they didn't completely fail but it's um it's an important part of history and uh, I've really for me it's I've had to really make it a point to um learn about 
where I'm at and where I'm going and who lived here and like honor those people because they most of the like most of like the, these settlers that came into the United States and I'm sorry like I'm really going off on this tangent like, <laughs> that's all right it's interesting <laughs> it, they would not have survived had there not been native people here right because right. they were they were the ones that showed them how to properly use the land and and how to you know uh, produce crops and resources and all that stuff and I know that 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 history is written with the savior complex of oh these people were savages and we came and we saved them like no they were fine they lived here for hundreds of years <laughs> and they were mm-hmm. absolutely doing just great without you before you mm-hmm. bought your fucking polio yeah. um so yeah. you know it's it's uh i just think it's important to to learn about it i think that's i think it's important i think that's important too i appreciate that you bring that perspective because you know people are like i'm gonna log out i'm gonna listen to this podcast i'm gonna get some <laughs> woo woo out of it and it's like hold up you're also gonna get some culture (laughs) yeah all right okay so if so yes that was a tangent but it was an important one so overall how did you enjoy the the coast it was the land itself it is just such a beautiful example of however you want to say like you know mother earth Pachamama, Gaia, like, who I just, like, I, we went on, on a hike through, it's a uh, Point Lobo, Point Lobos, I believe it's what it's called, um, and it's got several trails, and it's cliffside, and, and you just, you know, see the ocean, and there's a bunch of birds, and, and a lot of it's protected, which is great, um, because there's these little succulents that grow on the cliffside that people have oh. been stealing, because <gasps> they're fucking succulents. And, right, they're you know, succulents, yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. And they're endangered now because people keep taking them. Aww. So it's it was cool. Like I, I got to see a bunch of them. So I was like, that's nice that there are still yeah. some there before some asshole comes and rips yeah. those off of the land too. Um, yeah, but it was it was beautiful, and we got to go up there and and um, meditate for a minute, and it was really cool to feel very connected to the earth and just be grateful and thankful for everything that it provides. The West Coast is gorgeous. Um, I actually this weekend went to Astoria, which is in northern um, Oregon, and then down to Seaside, and then we came back to Portland. We were going to go to Cannon Beach, um, but it was just raining. I mean, and it was the type of rain that was, like, uncomfortable. I was soaked because um, oh. I have a I have the type of raincoat that a Michigan person buys because they think that's what you need in um, Oregon when uh-huh. you find out you have no goddamn clue what you need in <laughs> Oregon until it's too late so it's time to go buy that you know hundred dollar raincoat and like a true um oh um, Portlander and um but anyway so it, it was it there's so there's such beauty in the ocean and yeah. in the rain in the mm-hmm. mist and it's just it was wonderful and it wasn't super cold either it was mm-hmm. just I was soaked so I was like okay we can't do this we got to go back but um the Oregon coast um, as well as the California coast, it literally is just some of the most gorgeous landscape. It yeah. it does truly put you in awe of Gaia, of yeah. this lake. Wow. Um, yeah. Oregon in general for me, but um, California is a um, is a bucket list. California yeah. coast. Yeah, that area was, was beautiful. Um, I don't think I would stay there again, no. though. No. Um, the, social, the social discrepancy thing, too, is really glaringly obvious like Um, i saw like no people of color other than the ones that like worked in some of the stores okay um and that 
is kind of disturbing. I mean, um, I want some diversity. I mean, as a person of color, I want a little bit of diversity. I mean, I grew yeah. up in a small town, so it's like I moved out of the small town for a yeah. reason. You know? Yeah. So, so there. Yeah, I don't. I would dr- definitely drive through again. I think it would make a amazing RV trip. Um, that's definitely on my bucket list to do that. Uh, but I think um, to stay there again, probably not. Probably not. Okay, that's good. That's a good. That's good to know, right? There's places, you know. I know I probably wouldn't go back to um, Astoria or Seaside just because they were kind of touristy, mm-hmm. and there are so many other beautiful little places along the coast that are like legit and real. And you're like, okay, this is true living. Um, yeah, and I think Seaside mm-hmm. was a little bit. Seaside was super touristy. Yeah. Astoria um, wasn't as so. Uh, it had a really cool farmers market there. So. We also stopped in Solvang, which is like the little Dutch village in the mountains. Oh, cool! And it's it's cute, but like everything closed at like five or six. <laughs> like, is everyone? Do you think here that that has to do with COVID? Because there were a lot of places on a Saturday night here in Portland that were closed, and I'm like, why are these places closed? Like I bars? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was right, weird. Well, I'm but. over COVID. I'm I'm t- I'm tired of it. I'm over. I just so was everyone it. at Disneyland yesterday. Disneyland was packed. Apparently, I saw all these really? pictures. Yeah, because uh, they lifted. We lifted the mask mandate as of the fifteenth. So. Oh, you guys are so lucky. Our governors, our governors, <laughs> like if you can get everybody to seventy percent. Hey, I'll get rid of them. And then all of the rural Oregonians are like, <laughs> Trump rules. No, I'm not going to wear a mask, and I'm not going to get vaccinated. And it's like, well. Then you know what? And then that's your prerogative. And if you get sick, then that's on you. I mean, the, the, the thing that I felt fine about was like saying that people who are vaccinated can be without a mask, even around people who aren't vaccinated and all that stuff. And then I was reading this article that said about how all people hospitalized with COVID have one thing in common right now. And that is that they're not yeah, I read that same article too. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. I'm like, well, all you mother truckers can do what you want to do, but I'm going to go around breathing out my nose. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I always pull my mask down. I'm like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This week, guys and ladies and people of that do not like Everyone. their pronouns, all of you, um, we are going to talk about spiritual awakening. Um, it's a really, um, it's just probably the number one topic that people want to learn about when they start getting into the woo. Yeah. And Fiora and I are going to dig into it. Yeah. Oh, wait, before we get into that, let's talk about our upcoming things. We have a couple of classes upcoming. We do. So all of um, our classes, uh, my classes, Fiora's classes, they're moving to a digital format, which means we're going to record everything. We will, I, I can't speak for you, Fiora, but um, yeah. I will be offering some classes is still in a live format, but also recordable, like the workshop for empaths class, a workshop for intuitives. When I teach intuitive, or I'm sorry, Akashic um, Records level one and two, those mm-hmm. will be offered in a video a live video format, but they will also be offered as a um, a download. They will typically be for me less expensive than the live class, but not by much. So mm-hmm. just because it yeah. it's a yeah. time thing. Um, yeah, I've I've just scheduled the next run of the shadow work courses for the end of the month. It's the 29th, the 30th, 
And then July 1st, because um, I'm doing okay. the 101, 102, and then the manifesting class. And those are all going, to, it's the same. Uh, if you can make it for the lifetime, great. And if not, I will send you the recording. But yeah. that way it works with everyone's schedule. Excellent. Good. Um, and then I'm always, I have um, one more slot left for my one-on-one intuitive development um, mentoring that starts July 1st. So um, I have room for one more person. Um, and then there are other dates throughout the rest of the year. There are like four more dates, um, August, uh, September, and October, I believe. So um, go to the website, um, thewokakashic.com to learn about everything that's included in that package. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. I could snag that last spot. Yeah, yeah. All right, so on to our topic for today, spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening. That's me singing. I'm good. (laughs) All right, so your soul. Let's start with your soul, right? So spiritual awakening. The first thing to understand is that um, you are more than a physical body. You are a soul. And the soul, contrary to popular belief, it doesn't really exist inside of the physical body because it's energy and energy can't be contained. Instead, that body resides inside of the soul. Um, It's called the soul, the aura, the etheric field, the energetic field, whatever you're comfortable calling it. Think of it like this. When you're a baby and you're in their mom's belly, you're surrounded by the amniotic sac that sustains you. When you're born, that replicates in the form of energy. That amniotic sac then becomes your auric field, your etheric field, and that sustains and supports the physical body. That's why when you see, you hear about people dying, their soul leaves, it lifts Mm -hmm. from the body because it's attached, quote unquote attached, it contains and supports that physical body. Um that soul consists of, you know, like three layers and seven bodies. It, it, the body is just the the vehicle that you inhabit. Um, so the body isn't you. Your soul is you. I love that way of thinking about it, that whole amniotic sac thing. Yeah. That makes so much sense. It was one of those things that came to me in a, in a, in a meditation. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So spiritual awakening uh, i call it becoming woke obviously um that's the um the, the my business i named my business woke um it's a whole thing you guys it's a huge whole thing and it takes a very long time and the journey is beautiful but at first it's kind of it sucks it's hard um and then you get to the point of where it's just it's it's nothing but well I won't say nothing but joy but it's very joyous and easy and things flow and it's really cool so um, going through that spiritual awakening it can be really 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 uncomfortable really scary but it's also super fucking weird (laughs) right like it's that's why it's important to have like zero expectations about the process and understand that all rules are bullshit Mm-hmm. and will never, ever, ever, ever apply to you in comparison with another. It won't. It's super specialized to your soul blueprint, your journey, your lessons, your individual evolution. 
Um, but the cool thing is, is that as you go through the process, you're going to connect with others that are on the same journey as you traveling at the same speed, you know, just like Fiora and I connected. Um, you know, this is your soul family. These people become your soul family and these humans are going to relate to you on a soul level. Um, you're going to find your tribe guys, trust me. So a lot of people complain about losing their, their friends or they're like, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk about that and we're going to talk about the sort of the stages of spiritual awakening, mm -hmm. but you'll find that you'll find your people. Um, like I said, we're going to get into the stages of awakening, but I don't necessarily hold the belief um, of linear stages of awakening. Yeah. It's much more fluid than that. And, and awakening is more of a natural progression. Um, you know, lessons learned at your own rate of speed. Um, and as you ease all into it at your perfect rate, that's when you slowly transform your life. Um, it's like going through these phases where you begin to realize who you truly are um, and that you really legitimately are um, a spiritual being having a physical experience. And, and like I said, everybody goes through these phases at their own speed. So um, to get sort of sciency about it, mm -hmm. it's that we, um, when we become woke, we move from a third dimensional consciousness to a fifth dimensional consciousness. And what that means is that people waking up, um, people are waking up and their vibrational frequency is rising, but the consciousness is like, okay, there's more than just the 3D. There's more than just the six senses or the five senses. Now, here's something to keep in mind too, is that those people on the earth who are spiritually unaware, those are the contributors to chaos and turmoil within the world. And it's both conscious and it's unconscious. I call those people uh, politicians. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call those people. Um, yeah. Uh, so of course, there's more than that, right? People that are super, super young and unevolved and yeah. people that, you know, I don't know, third world dictators and all that stuff. Um, but just because the world we're going through that evolution and the world um, or consciousness is awakening not everyone is or i'm sorry we are all ascending but not everybody is awakening yeah. there's a diff yeah so because individuals awaken at that different pace and everybody has their own path um, we're all progressing spiritually in different ways at different degrees so that's why you have sort of that chaos and that conflict and everything um, so you got to do your own spiritual work, you know, yeah. um, you got to figure out how to connect with your soul blueprint, your spirit guides, your higher self, you got to use the tools that are available to you and the teachers and all of the resources in order to, you know, move your, um, your spiritual awakening along. Yeah. Do, would you say that people have more than one spiritual awakening or do you think it just happens once? Well, like I said, I think it's fluid and progressive and I think there are different stages to it and there are ups and downs and, you know, it's just like any emotional journey. Okay. okay. Do you have a specific, um, like, thing in mind to relate that I to? I guess I'm just, I like, I'm just thinking about, like, I know when I was small and my parents put me in Catholic school and I was raised what I call relaxed Catholic because we didn't go to church, you know all the time it was maybe once a year if that i don't know um but like my dad would 
Um, he would always pray over me like every night, you know, like do like the sign of the cross on me like every night before going to bed. Um, so my parents were like religious to an extent. Um, anyway, my, my point is that when I was in Catholic school, I realized that I hated Catholic school <laughs> and I was only like in first, first and second grade. Um, and, uh, it changed the way that I saw religion. Right. It, that so that that did that and I, I basically never looked at it the same uh, way again like I always w- I remember prior to that I used to have like this thing where like I used to like really love Jesus like mm-hmm. like I like really liked him I thought he was really cool um and after like my experience in Catholic school I kind of like shelved all of that for a long time um and then like when I was a teenager like maybe around like 12, 13 years old was when like, I like, I remember looking into witchcraft. Like we used to spend a lot of time in the library and I would like pull all these books, uh, you know, about um, different practices and stuff and, and Wicca. And I remember like being interested in like, I wanted to try stuff. Like I wanted to do spells and, and all this. But then once I read a book by Scott Cunningham, um, which is Wiccan, which is, the difference between just being a witch or witchcraft and being Wiccan, Wiccan is just another form of an organized religion. Right. And I think that's, that's, I, I know this now that, that that's what my mistake was because I read that book and I was like, this is too many rules. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and I let it go. Um, so I just know that there have been different phases in my life where like my understandings of things, especially like spiritually changed or evolved, or I learned, I wanted to learn, and then it just, you know, it was a lesson. It's all tied in together, right? Because it starts at a very early age. For me, I was very interested in um, reincarnation, uh, inexplicably so, right? Like how, you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old, like, I think I was was something else before. I think I was somebody else before, so, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. But I don't think, I mean... Okay, so most come to their own understanding of their journey, um, you know, at their own pace, right? Because they've typically experienced this sort of transformational life circumstance. Like I call this a catalytic life life event. And I certainly think that we can have more than one, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody, maybe somebody very important to us in our life dies and then later we, um, you know, get divorced or we have, you know, some other. But... um, I think that the actual path to developing both intuitively and just awakening um, and aligning with your soul blueprint, that is very structured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, but no. <laughs> That's okay. always my answer. Like, don't try to pin me down. <laughs> um, okay, because there's this, the first sort of um, point during that whole of uh, the path to awakening is that you you there's a feeling that you're ready to change mm-hmm. circumstances in your life are like okay something needs to change yeah um then the next you go through you know emotional healing and shadow work or mm-hmm. really getting to know yourself digging in um you know figuring out well i'm the one that needs to change yeah um then that what that happens is that it sort of causes your intuitive abilities to sort of start acting up and becoming really 
predominant. And so then maybe some intuitive development takes place. Mm -hmm. Um, What that does is that leads you to discovering your purpose, your interests, your abilities. It it leads you to this, this desire to create joy in your life and live joyously and do the things that you love. And you realize that I can actually make money doing this. Mm -hmm. And then that comes from sharing your gifts with the world. Um, You know, and all of that encompasses the whole mind, body, spirit, right? You focus on the mind, you focus on the spirit, you focus on the body. And when all that comes together, you've you've successfully aligned with your soul blueprint and, you know, ascended, awakened, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's in a nutshell. Um, But, uh, you know, that's the path to awakening and it takes place sort of in that order. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot about um the dark night of the soul yeah yep and how that's usually like the first yeah part um Mm -hmm. like you said though like things don't necessarily happen in a linear order however i feel like with that one that one usually is like there's it's the catalyst and then everything else just kind of moves on from there it's for sure a catalytic event. Okay, so for me, I had um, recently, well, maybe, I don't know, it had been maybe six months to a year. I don't really remember totally, but, like, um, I, my boyfriend and I had broken up, and I was depressed, and I was angry. My relationships had gone to shit. But there was no dark night. There was just this progressively more, there was this progressive situation where I realized my life was shit and I hated it Mm -hmm. but there was a very a very dark moment um where I'm like okay I need to decide am I going to continue on or am I done I'm Mm. done with the human life um so that's what that was for me because like I said it was I don't know if I've ever told a story before but really quickly it was like I was sitting there on my couch I was depressed and I was like this can't be my life like this legitimately can't be my life like nothing was going right I hated everything about my life myself and all of a sudden I heard Claire audiently as clear as a bell, like that voice was standing right beside me. I heard, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And it sort of created this whole, like, I remember just taking this deep, like, (gasps) and jumping up off the couch and all of this information flooded into me and I had to get it out on paper and I ran to my office, sat down and I just started writing. And it was the first time that I was automatic writing. I did it for like an hour and um there that that was my answers and that was the first time that i channeled mm-hmm. um and i was like oh my god what was that and so that's sort of how it it started for me yeah wow that's, that's a crazy story yeah it's it is a cool story one of these days i shall write a book and share it with the masses <laughs> <laughs> till then you get snips of it on the pod Hey, let's talk about the stages of awakening. Um, Fiora, I think that's a fun thing to share with everybody. Yes. Okay. So the first stage is, I think this is tied into that dark night of the soul thing. You may feel stuck. You may experience depression or doubt or worry about, you know, the state of your life and how you, how you are, how you feel, what you're doing, all that. Um, this is also though, when you start to, you might begin to see recurring numbers and those are usually people call them angel numbers. Um, because it's like your guides are sending you the message of letting you know, like, Hey, you're okay. Like they're just trying to like send you a little, like, you know, a little, a cute little note, like, Hey, we're with you. It's okay. It's going to be okay. 
Do you remember what first when what like the circumstances when you first started seeing them and like what your mindset was? Oh yeah, mine were mine were last year. Like I started seeing four 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 all the time, everywhere. Just like I can't even tell you how many times I saw that freaking number, like yeah. all the time. And at first, it started at like I would wake up in the middle of the night or I guess early morning, and it was four forty four. Sometimes yeah. I'd wake up at four forty three, look at the clock, and then it would change to four forty four. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I, I saw one 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 and um, eleven eleven and three three three, and um, I, you know I remember seeing it you know three times before I was like, what? Hold on. Now that's <laughs> just plain weird. Yeah. And I took to the Google and I was like, what does it mean to see? And then mm-hmm. boom, there it was. And that was sort of like, uh, okay. That I remember specifically. It was that where I was like three times and I'm like this is weird this is more than a coincidence what is this what is this shit what's happening my other concern was like listen spirit I already know that I turned 34 this year I don't need a constant reminder thank you (laughs) right Right? well and it's also important to point out too that angel numbers are different than numerology angel numbers are more inspirational it's more like an oracle numerology is more um, descriptive and definitive and it's more like um, the tarot so if you can liken the two to um, divination tools which I believe numbers angel numbers and numerology that is a bit of divination stage two Um, You get to the point where you begin to feel, you know, you look at your past and you look at how you've been living it and the choices that you've made. And, uh, you know, for me, it was I began to see all of the common, the cycles that I was in and that I was the common denominator. You know, Liz Gilbert says, um, you know, you um, you begin to see when you finally get tired of your own bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. That's um, sort of that thing. Um, You start to question everything. Right. Like me, like what is up with these numbers? What Mm -hmm. is this? Like everything has meaning. And, you know, I tell people now because I'll get a lot of people that will say, I keep seeing this number, you know, um, why? What does that mean? Or I keep seeing this bird. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just a bird. okay? sometimes (laughs) it's just the goddamn time on the clock. Yeah. Other times, it's a message. So it, it really is a personal journey to explore that symbology. Yeah. Uh, stage three is the denial and inner conflict. Is you start wondering, like questioning, like if all that you know um, is is right, and there's a fear of what will happen if you continue, you know, on and with your life as it is, and then you wonder what you might be opening yourself up to. So it's like that back and forth of, you know, I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'm also scared of where I might need to go. Um, But also the foundations built upon that fear are going to start to come down. Right, right. Opening yourself up to, I think a lot of people for during... You know, prior to intuitive development, they're like, I want to develop my abilities, but what am I opening or allowing into my life? And I'm yeah. like, do you mean demons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We have a friend who's who's um, like, uh, he's very clearly gifted. Like he can see, he can see spirit. Like it's, mm-hmm. he says, it shows up like a shadow. Not, yeah, but, yeah. But um, he won't develop his abilities because he says that like he has a tendency to like have really dark deep thoughts yeah and he doesn't want to open himself up to anything negative yeah um but i do think that that uh, i think Those that comes from 
um, not acknowledging that you are in control. I think once you acknowledge 100%. and you accept that you are in control and you put yourself in that state of nothing but light, nothing but good can come into my life. I am not opening up myself up to and just declaring it, put it mm -hmm. out there. Like my mom is this, uh, we've had a couple incidents where like you hear shit in the house. My mom's the type, she will curse out a ghost. Like she, <laughs> she'll get the fuck out. <laughs> Right away. <laughs> she gives them no shits. <laughs> so if you, ever, if you ever need help with a ghost, my mom will help you. <laughs> She'll just tell that ghost to come and fuck off. <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. That is awesome. Get the fuck out, ghost. <laughs> yes. You're not welcome here. <laughs> I love how she immediately goes to, to just cussing. <laughs> she just chooses violence immediately. <laughs> oh my god, I love I love stories about your mom. She is a badass. I need to goddamn meet her. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, um, all right. Okay, then we're going to move into stage four, okay? Um, and then that's where um, a lot of people, um, they start to feel as if they're friends and family, they don't understand them anymore. Like, I can't relate to, you know, yeah. all of my friends, all of my friends suck. And, and it's not that they do, it's just that what it's called, it's called the culling period. Mm -hmm. And that's basically when all of the people that are not members of your soul family are typically um, removed from your life. And it's just yeah. through your awareness. These, I don't vibe uh, you know my vibe doesn't jive with these people anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're good people i love them but you can't take these people um keep these people in your life and still move forward on your spiritual path everybody yeah. goes through it it happens to everybody but here's the good news um it's it's the concept of divergence and convergence you will diverge from those people in your life that aren't meant to be with you on your spiritual awakening however as you go out and grow set new boundaries have new expectations you know become a stronger more beautifully you know aligned person you will reconverge with these people it's like mercury retrograde kind of mm -hmm. and you will develop a stronger relationship built on stronger foundations if it's meant to be some people you're going to be like we grew apart i'm good yeah. with it you know yeah. wish you well but bounce other people you're gonna be like oh my god my friend cassie and i um cassie um and i reconnected during both of our you know um the spiritual journey that we're on and we're stronger friends than we've ever been um you know and there's nothing that i can't say to her really cool. and talk to her about and it's just beautiful because when we first met we were just co-workers and we liked each other uh -huh. um but you know then I never heard from her again and she yeah. did her thing and we came back together and we're just now she's she's just just one of my favorite people so yeah yeah um yeah I've, I've i've had that connection with people too that was really cool like where we weren't really close before i didn't really know them very well at all but we've I've been able to have some really really cool conversations and it's really yeah. nice to feel connected like you have that in common with people so yeah isn't it and especially i think for me because i was never taught um the the the, the i was never taught to 
how to connect to people. Mm. So it's always been a struggle in my life. I don't know how to connect with people emotionally, all of that stuff. So when you learn that with the members of your soul group, it's just particularly beautiful because you're like, this is what it means, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, females don't have to be catty and weird and drama and awkward and it's... it's, No, no, yeah, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's not true at all. Yeah, No. No. I mean, maybe... Uh, and I don't even like to say like females because I think it happens right. with men you're, too. You're right. I think you're it's right. un, unhealed people can absolutely 100% be very drama, be very yes. dramatic. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't have to be a stereotype for an entire gender. No. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a reason not to be friends, but it does need to be a reason where you need to set strong boundaries and have strong expectations mm-hmm. because the I call them the unhealed. Yeah. Um, they do bring things to your life that make you go, Ugh. And it can exhaust you because you can be yeah. like, I suck at relationships when it's not that you suck at relationships, it's that you suck at maintaining relationships or connections with people that are unhealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm okay yeah. with that. So... Um, well, there's one more thing about stage four is that you begin to feel um, dissatisfied with your own circumstances, and then you want to make some changes, but you don't want to rely on anybody else for your happiness. That that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I went through that when I was like 27. Like that, that, that was like my greatest lesson of my 20s was the acceptance and realization of that I am solely responsible for my happiness. Yep. Yeah, I I remember I had a friend who she would always cancel on me or always we always did what she wanted. And Mm -hmm. it used to make me so mad because I never got to do what I wanted. But I realized I was relying on her for my happiness. So she canceled. It's like, well, then we're not doing that anymore. And and it's like, well, why? Go do it. Go do it yourself. Go find another friend to do it with. Yep. Yeah. All right. So stage five is like the spiritual makeover. You're Ooh. guided to explore all things spiritual and metaphysical. I um, love that stage. It could be like when you start getting into like crystals and all mm-hmm. this stuff. I feel like that's me. <laughs> like I was like, I was really into like my collection of crystals, <laughs> which <laughs> has not gone away. I mean, no, I, I love rocks. Okay, she just showed me like three crystals that she got on her trip before we started taping. So <laughs> she's not over the crystals. Oh, and I just bought a book called Crystals. Uh, for beginners so we're both still into the crystals yeah i mean i I just i just think they're beautiful and they're cool and it's a really nice gift from the earth um okay and with this with the spiritual makeover though um your perception begins to change and you realize that you have a soul purpose even if you don't know what it is um you just know that you're meant to do something different or to take a you know quote unquote journey. Um I will say though on this like spiritual makeover thing too, um the other thing that I've I know happens, I've seen it so many times, is you also start to like shed away a lot of like the the physical appearance bullshit that maybe doesn't serve you anymore. Right. Um, you know, maybe like uh you're you were a person that like always like did the most with like your appearance and makeup and you know all this stuff i know for me like i was for a long time i was like doing all these freaking things and and well with last year with with covid everything shutting down i was like okay i'm going to do to do nothing and see how i feel and after a few months i was like okay i can do without most of this except for this one thing and i'm gonna keep the one thing because that's what makes me happy everything else is fine so it's like a culling of 
of that. Um, I've also heard of like, um, there was a shaman, she was saying how, you know, she used to get like lip fillers and all this stuff and, and, um, like always had her nails done and, and all that. And, and not shitting on anyone that enjoys that stuff. Cause it's, it's your body. It's, it's whatever makes you feel good, yep. but it's the discerning of, does this make me feel good or right, am I doing it? it? Yeah. Or, or am I doing it because of, because I'm afraid of showing yeah. up as my true authentic self? It's just, it's just that it's just really, getting down to the to the source of where these wants or needs come from like are they are they truly based in happiness or things that make me feel good or are they me trying to keep up with my friend who's constantly getting shit done to herself you know what i mean so yeah it's that that as well I agree, especially ever after having left the corporate world, I don't have that sort of subconscious comparative of, you know, this fashionista in the office and I have to, you know, even if I don't can't I don't want to keep up with her, I still am like, Well, I'm gonna dress up today because Stacy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a <laughs> A weird name to pick, um, you know, dressed up as this and, you know, yeah, whatever. Now it's yeah. like um, I wear what I want. I do, you know, I do my hair how I want and I don't worry about comparing myself. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, at stage six, you start to see the world a little bit differently. So basically what that means is that your perception changes, your perspective changes. That is because of changes within you. Your internal changes and your external world begins to shift to accommodate those changes. Um, Meanwhile, your empathic and intuitive abilities are really going to start showing up at this stage um, more often and you're going to begin experiencing an increase in recurring numbers, but not just recurring numbers, but symbols symbology synchronicities all of those things so um, stage six is where um, you know you really start to sort of really adopt that whole woo like what is the woo and how is it affecting me and you know you just want to you just see things differently yeah yeah Mm -hmm. stage seven is when you begin to see how your thoughts and your emotions and choices shape your reality and then your lifestyle begins to shift to support this. So this is when you become aware of of all of that and you realize like how something as simple as like you stub your toe and now you're cursing up a storm and then you spill your <laughs> coffee and you're just like, fuck. And it's because you just put yourself in this crazy, like bad energy and you're just calling all this shit that's just swirling around you and you realize like I can handle this differently and even a small choice can shape my reality mm-hmm. um, and you just begin to understand that your purpose is to be your true authentic self and then just begin to explore like what does what is that like who who is that what what does that person do what does that person look like I think it's hard for people at that stage because I get so many people in my Akashic readings and I say you know if you could do anything what would you do and I do get a a handful of people that say I don't know mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I'm like on one hand I'm like I feel really um, um I feel I, I can how do I say I feel empathetic for that because I've mm-hmm. been there but I'm also like how can you not know what your soul wants like you got to yeah. figure that out yeah. um 
Because at stage eight, that's when you begin to align with your soul blueprint and purpose. When you figure out what it is that you want to do, even if it's something as, you know, simple as I want to travel the world and take pictures and make money doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, then figure out a way to do that. Not everything is unattainable. If you like me, I could never be a professional football player. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> just not going to happen. Um, but there are a million other things that I can do because they are attainable. You'll also um, help find your alignment with your soul blueprint and your purpose, all of that thing. Um, when you keep in mind that creative inspiration is going to strike you and that's going to create opportunities that are going to show up. That's what's illuminating your path. Things that you're inspired to do or things that you love doing, those things are innately written in your soul blueprint as potential and purpose of things that you could share with the world and Mm -hmm. make a living doing. You're also at stage eight once you align with that blueprint, you're going to start attracting people, opportunities, and resources in order to live your purpose. Your life begins to transform. Um, and then people and experiences around you, they start to reflect that current state of alignment. Honestly, stage eight is when you're like, oh my God, this thing is so cool. Like in spiritual awakening is cool. Life is cool. I actually may get to actually do this thing that I love. Um, you know, you're still getting presented with challenges because those never go away as much as we want to. But you are so much better equipped emotionally and spiritually to deal with them. And you look at them as, what am I being taught by this? What is this bringing into my life? Rather than a victim menta- mentality where you're like, mm-hmm. why does life hate me? Why does the universe hate me? Yeah. So, yeah, stay Okay, so stage nine, you begin to co-create with the universe. You realize that when you surrender fear and you follow your joy or follow your bliss, life gets better and it begins to flow. That's um, you begin, time. Yeah, you begin to connect with your spirit guides multiple times a day um, because at that point you're just like, you're, you're tuned in and you can ask for the signs. You can ask for the reminders that they're with you. Um, and your intuitive abilities begin to develop at more deeper levels. Yeah. How many times a day do you connect with your guides, do you think? Um, oh, several. I mean, every time I meditate twice a day. And so definitely always then. Um, I would say at least like four or five times. Like, yeah. you know, purposefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, I connect with them. I'm connected with them all the time because I do readings for other people, but also um, just because I, I invite them into my life and I and I tell them thank you and I appreciate them and I'm, you know, always feeling, I'm always like asking for help and, you know, mm-hmm. um, so um, I, it's something, it's, it's a relationship that I didn't have before my awakening that I do have now that I would really miss it if I wasn't able to, yeah. to have that. So that's beautiful. All right, so um, stage 10, That's this is the sort of the, the culmination of the stages of spiritual awakening, and this may have taken you your entire life to get there, or it may just only take like maybe 10 years, I don't know, it's individual, but as you co-create with the universe, which means that you are actively um, asking spirit for help, you're seeing the signs, you're recognizing them, you are um, using visualization to um, let the universe know what you want and manifestation to bring um, energy into matter. Um, That's co-creation and you're doing so from your authentic, joyful self 
um, that's when you align with your soul blueprint. And when you align with your soul blueprint, um, you realize that you're, you know, your life, you're here, you're incarnate. It's actually an amazing journey just to learn from and enjoy. Um, lack, doubt, worry, those were all things simply to be overcome. Um, they were not things that were there because the universe is like, we want you to worry or doubt or lack. Um, yeah. And you understand that, that the entire awakening process has simply been to make your life easier, more peaceful, more secure. Um, spirit does not want you to suffer. They want you to be creative. And then that's when you start to feel, you know, like at one with your higher self and your soul's plan and your spiritual growth, you know. Um, it's an individual journey. So, it, yeah. of course, it, it completely relates to how you feel and how you look at life. And then going forward and what you, you, you get to decide what you want to experience. And there it is. It shows up and you're like, um, this is what awakening is. Cause I like this. I dig this. They need to teach this in school. If you ask me. Yeah, they should. Yeah. In a mental health class. <laughs> because a lot of times you just, you just get quality, you know, just marked crazy or something. And then. Oh, they need, need to teach taxes. They need to teach uh, credit, right? Like how to have good credit, how to do taxes. They need to teach all these things in school instead of freaking geometry. Nobody cares or uses geometry. Well. We can teach. It'll be <clears throat> Joe and Fiora's life school for in between high school and college. Uh, thank you. And we will need all of you to enroll. <laughs> um, and we'll have it someplace cool too, like near the water. Beach. Yes. The beach. Oh, yeah. we'll have it It'll be a beachfront school. Okay. All right. So now that we talked about all the stages of a spiritual awakening. I want to get into how to manage it all because I'm big on like, yes, okay, let's talk about how we're feeling. But now let's talk about how do we deal with our feelings? How do we deal with this whole process? Um, and some people might not like my answers because they are. <laughs> <laughs> Fix your shit. You know, it's meditation is the single most helpful thing you could do for yourself when you're going through your spiritual awakening. And even once you are, because you're never really done, but once you're done with maybe like the really hard parts, um, it doesn't matter. Like meditation will help you in so many aspects of your life. Um, I love this quote that somebody told me, and it's that, Prayer is talking to God, but meditation is listening to God. That's that's beautiful, right? It's true. Yeah, and whether you you can look at that from whatever perspective you want to look at that from a religious perspective does not matter. It can be God, source, your higher self. Doesn't if you you know if you're non no no want to have no uh, religious association to anything, just your higher self. Um, but meditation just helps for you to quiet give your your mind a second to quiet itself and to stop that the the monkey chatter from running and give you a moment to connect to your higher self and if you if you can do that if you can form a daily meditation practice that just increases your abilities like just immediately and tenfold and it just keeps going from there and listen, I want to point out that you are just an uber example of, you know, um, a meditation badass because I don't even meditate twice a day. I don't meditate even 
twice a week. I connect to spirit every day, all day long, but I don't mm-hmm. meditate. I do meditate when I need answers, but for the most part, I don't. I don't sit down and meditate. So, um, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I just happened to just learn that way because I went through the. I learned meditation through TM, uh, Transcendental Meditation, and the way that that's set up, it's 20 minutes twice a day. And when you realize that you probably spend more than 20 minutes just scrolling through your phone, um, it's actually not that much time out of your day. Um, And you can do it like in your car before, maybe before work. Um, You can do it in your car before you leave home for the day or however but there's so many ways to incorporate it and there's so many other kinds of meditations to do it what i personally liked about tm was that they made it very simple and their big emphasis on you're not trying to stop your thoughts because a lot of people are like i can't get i can't stop thinking i can't you know all that and they it's not about that it's about allowing your thoughts to flow and and um, observing your thoughts, letting them go, not trying to suppress them or, yeah. you know, stop them from coming in at all. Um, but TM is really just, it's mantra meditation. And there are several types of mantra meditations. I know the Chopra Institute also teaches mantra uh, meditations. Uh, but there's a lot of different kinds. It's you got to do what works for you. Yeah. Um, some people, they can't just, they can't even sit still. Like their meditation is going out for a run. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you got to do it. You got to find the thing that works for you. But meditation in general is going to be like biggest, the biggest help in all this. Um, the second part is doing your shadow work. So I just did like this really long post and I posted it on my stories on Instagram because I needed everybody to understand what shadow work is because I feel like some people hear that and they're like, that's witchcraft. It's like, <laughs> oh, right. um, what am I opening myself up to? Demons? Like, no, no. <laughs> Shadow work is nothing but self awareness work. That's it. It's, it's a process of getting to know yourself, which with everything that we just talked about and all the different stages, I mean, you're gonna, you're, you are going to either you're going to consciously learn about yourself or you are going to be presented with situations that are difficult that are going to cause you to take a look at yourself. And if you don't, you're going to keep repeating that same interaction with different people until it clicks, until you get it, until you realize, shit, maybe all these nasty people aren't the problem. Maybe I am the problem. Like maybe, uh, maybe it's the way the I'm problem. handling it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, so What's it's the most that common denominator you, me. I'm um, the, who's the common denominator in all my yep. shitty relationships. Yeah. Me, yep. you know, so shadow work. Definitely. Absolutely. I would say those are my two biggest on how to manage your spiritual awakening. You got to do it. And and can I talk to you about that common denominator sort of realization? Because it is really, really hard. It is not easy to get to that either, because we have such a victim mentality um, until we start doing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, shadow work. And and we learn that inner mindfulness and that we do that self-reflection and and we're able to have that sort of um, self-awareness. But there's nothing... There's no shame in in learning in in 
repetitiveness, right? We don't we don't mm-hmm. blame kids when they tie their shoes, you know, a thousand times before they learn how to do it or riding a bike or, you know, consistency is critical when it comes to learning any skill. And unfortunately, it just feels really bad when we keep experiencing the same emotions over and over because we're in the same situations and then we're attracting and engaging the same people. And, you know, we internalize that and then we're like, I suck at life. I suck at everything, you know, but that's that's not it, it's not those situations aren't there to for you to feel bad about yourself they're there to help you see that wait a minute they're like recurring numbers Mm -hmm. um hold on something's up because the same thing keeps coming up yeah so yeah um some of the other things that can help you in supporting you through your spiritual journey um reiki or pranic healing uh reiki is just energy work um And subconscious healing, like hypnotherapy, CBT. What's that? CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a treatment that helps recognize negative or unhelpful thought patterns or behavior patterns. That's cool. It, so it's kind of like shadow work, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a therapy, uh, right? Therapy. It's a ther- yeah. It's, it's yeah. just you're doing it under a, th- a therapist. Um, where shadow work, I would say is it's you doing the work it's you yeah. and it's you taking the initiative which is sometimes pretty hard yeah. um cbt is you're you're doing it with with um a practitioner um body healing so like your yoga your breath work ayurveda ayurveda is ancient medicine so that's more about learning to feed your body because although yes you come to the realization that you are a soul having a human experience it's also very important to take care of this vessel that you have been provided yes so how are you you know how are you helping this vessel so with yoga it helps you very much to connect to your body and to your breath and also breath work as well breath work can be very powerful and then ayurveda uh, like i said is um, ancient medicine but it also teaches you of how to eat based off of your body style and then also based off of um seasonal cycles uh seasonal cycles so you eat more grains in the fall because that's harvest time and then you probably eat more greens less um less grains in the spring because that's when that kind of stuff would be a little bit more scarce um so you just you eat according to that and also based off of uh warm weather cold weather hot Mm -hmm. weather and all that um energy body healing by working on your prana or your chi that is you can do that with with reiki you can do that with certain types of yoga as well um using healing crystals stones sage essential oils all that stuff just that those are just tools to maybe help you with like meditation um again but a lot of these it's funny because they just kind of connect back either to meditation or to shadow work they do they're all interconnected yeah yeah they're all interconnected uh and then doing past or future based work maybe using tarot cards astrology or an akashic reading yes because doing that kind of stuff i think for people who are sometimes stuck where they're like i don't know what my sole purpose is uh going into your akashic record will help you understand okay well this is what you did then and then this this might be how what you're being called to into now. doing now. And does this resonate with you? And be like, oh, yeah, technically, I'm kind of already doing it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. 
No, can I talk about crystals for a minute? Because um, crystals are, um, if you you if you've known me for any length of time, I eventually I touch on crystals because um, much like we sort of eliminated the romanticizing of twin flames, I like to eliminate the romanticizing of crystals. So crystals are, um, you know, they are oscillators. They vibrate at the level of the energy at which they come into contact with. So people that are like, you know, if you're people say, well, if you're depressed, um, you need this crystal and it's going to absorb the depression. It's going to help eliminate mm-hmm. it and alleviate it and it's like no it will not <laughs> science aren't bitch god yeah crystals are not magic beans and there's this thing called science that's what they are they're geological wonders so um, do a little bit of research on crystals and energetic frequencies um i earlier i mentioned this book by karen fraser it's called crystals for beginners and i have her other book too there's another one i forget the name of it yes we'll put it in the show notes but why i like crystals for beginners and i am not a beginner it's because she gives you the picture of the crystal and it's a beautiful picture but she goes into um, the stone specifically. So we'll talk about turquoise, right? She gives you a little blurb about what the metaphysical properties of the turquoise are, mm-hmm. um, the origin, the shapes that they come in. But she also talks about the energy. She'll tell you whether it's a stone that absorbs or a stone that amplifies. So mm-hmm. if you're depressed and you're working with a stone that amplifies, uh <laughs> Again, I said mm-hmm. it's an oscillator. That's going to make you feel worse. And so, um, you know, you want an, a stone that, that absorbs. Um, but you're also going to want to make sure that you clean that stone. So this is a great, great book for people that truly are interested in crystals f- for using them in energy work um, or in their practice. It's called Crystals for Beginners. And again, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we will. I, you know, it's I just used, um, I heard that uh, if you hold an amethyst or if you put an amethyst under your pillow it helps you with remembering your dreams um well let's see what they have to say about amethyst because (laughs) i will debunk that i'm a capricorn i live to prove nonsense (laughs) wrong all right so um amethyst is it's a form of quartz quartz are amplifiers okay? okay um and so um it says this is what it says it says tape to the bottom or side of the head board of your bed or put it on your bedside table to help fight insomnia and to ward off nightmares and or help you remember your dreams. So, yeah, yeah, I think so, that that was a legit piece of information that you received. So I did. And I just tried it yesterday because yesterday mm-hmm. I had this dream and I was like, oh, I was dreaming something and I can't remember. And I have this little tiny amethyst snake that i bought and Mm -hmm. i keep it next to my bed so i literally picked it up and i was like oh it was this and i was like oh shit like that was crazy (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i love it when that happens amethyst also helps with intuition insight insomnia you know safe travel connecting to the higher self and the divine um it's you know it's associated with the crown chakra um and so it helps with connection so yeah, it's a cool crystal. I yeah. think every 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 episode maybe we can cover a crystal uh, if we mm. remember, right? We got we yeah. Got if it ties in, yeah, if it ties about. into what we're talking about, why not? 
Okay, so the, I have to tell a quick story when you talked about picking up the crystal. So you know how um, I don't like birds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So the other day I'm walking in the park um, after the whole bluebird robin debacle oh, with Hollis it? killing the bird on the patio. Wasn't my intention. Hollis is a terrier, and so he has, he has a high prey drive. He killed the bird. My intent was to let Hollis out so he would shoo the bird away because the bird was verbally attacking me. The bird... <laughs> would not leave my patio the bird was dive bombing me and i'm like oh bird you don't even know i'm gonna let hollis out all right hollis killed the bird like liam neeson right like oh no dead and i'm like oh well the bird had two other birds that were with him and those birds were pissed at me So those birds then continue to go and tell the crow community in the park across the street, basically that Hollis and I are assholes. That you're bird murderers. Okay, listen, I am not even joking. So I was going for a walk the next day and I'm walking around this curve in the park and this crow is right there bitching at me hardcore. And I'm like, ugh, I hate crows. Fiora, I'm not kidding. I flipped the bird off behind my head so that Uh people wouldn't think think I was crazy flipping off a bird. Uh So I did it as if I was, quote unquote, itching. I am not kidding you. I flipped that bird off. That bird came swooping down off of his perch, (laughs) swooped down on a perch in front of me and proceeded to basically cuss me out like he has never cussed anybody out that bird knew i flipped him off and proceeded to be like bitch i will peck your eyeballs out i'm not kidding you i was like because i was like f you bird f you bird right and i was like archangel michael please protect me chris surround me in your (laughs) i was like oh my god what did i do I am not kidding. I was like, okay, I will never, ever, ever flip off a crow again. I still hate them. I hate all birds, but Uh, I personally love them. (laughs) I think they're. I just think they're badass, and I love when they like when they. uh, I've heard this story about how it was this community of a street of people that was like feeding crows, and they like made them their friends, and they like the crows knew to expect that there would be food there and stuff, and they were all happy, and. There was this older man um, who, I guess, it was snowing, and he he went outside, slipped, and on the ice, and then just ended up like laying there, and and nobody was around to you know come and help him. The crows like like swirled around him and every like to call attention to him until somebody came to rescue him. So I know people love crows, and they say they're awesome. I do not like the crows or the crow community so i either have to make amends or i have to figure it out or whatever because the crows are prevalent over in the park so you know it's likely that maybe in a past life you were some kind of um prey that uh crows may have liked to go after and you hold this resentment yep i and i do hold a resentment for crows i just think they're stupid (laughs) all right well, closing off, uh, we're going to do our closing vibe today. I actually did have like a really short paragraph on, on this. Um, I was reading my notes um, and I was like, I don't remember writing this. And it's like because I channeled it. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the mind says, we may encounter many spiritual awakenings throughout our lives. 
sometimes it's just a part of life changes of growing up or from coming out of difficult testing situations. You can ignore the call, but the calls will persist in the, until you take a moment to listen. You're being guided to your calling. And if you are out of alignment with your soul's purpose, this voice may grow louder and louder. It is important to adapt and discern. Find truth within yourself. Beware of people with easy answers to life because the world is full of complicated truths. Not everything is always black and white. Find solace in the gray. That's beautiful. Have you ever sat down and actually said, you know, who am I channeling? You know, what do you, how do we know each other? What guide are you? That sort of thing. No. I, yeah, I, I would wouldn't. do that. I would, I would get to know because it, it, it feels as if you are specifically channeling a guide. So you may have a very specific guide that you work with, like Jane works with um, mm-hmm. her, her guides, um, which would be really cool because then you can further develop and strengthen that relationship. So I'll yeah, ask, you, you, you got some cool channels going on there, my friend. <laughs> All right, so my closing vibe is I want to talk a little bit about who we are expected to be after a spiritual awakening, specifically those of you who are spiritual coaches, mentors, leaders, teachers, you know, um, you want to, um, you know, establish yourself as somebody who shows others the way. So one of the biggest things that I unlearned Um, about myself as a result of my spiritual awakening is the expectation of whom I should be, how I should act, what types of words should come out of my mouth. I hate the word should. You know this all the time. I don't be, I don't like people to tell me anything about what I should do. I don't like anybody. I don't like to be told how I should be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also had these internalized feelings of, you know, well, I shouldn't swear so much. And if you know me, you know I swear like a trucker. Um, a spiritual awakening doesn't mean you're suddenly this hot tea drinker who is relentlessly happy and is just filled with inner peace. That's just not how it works. You know, like I said, I swear like a trucker. I get impatient. I have moments where I lose my shit, and, you know, emotionally. Um, I don't always speak in soothing tones and I struggle with the same challenges um, as everyone else when it comes to thinking, feeling, expressing myself. Um, you know, I can be messy, procrastinate, all of those things. Um, and I love money and success and I'm not religious. All right. And also, honestly, other than like chai tea, I think that hot tea blows. I don't <laughs> I think it just sucks. All Maybe around. you just haven't had good tea. I, it's possible. But for the most part, I'm like, I don't want tea. Because I, I do a lot of loose leaf tea and I fucking love tea. <laughs> All right, I, w- I will learn from you. I will try. All right, but but here's the thing. These traits, all of those human traits that I just told you about, they don't influence how woke I may be. Um, they just simply prove that I am not held to a different standard than anyone else when it comes to my everyday life. So why do I hold myself or why do others hold me to a different standard in my spiritual life? It's been a challenge because there are people that I meet through the client or the group or even, you know, um, people who are like, well, you should be more kind and more um, soft-spoken or more wise, you know, because you do this work. And it's like, do you even, did you just meet me? I mean, <laughs> are you new? Um, there's no no way in the hell. And that's not who I am. That's not what my higher self came to express herself as. Yeah. Um, and there's no way in hell that any of us can be all love, light, and positivity all the time. 
you know, well, it's, it's just not possible. <laughs> it is spiritual. Thank you, spiritual bypassers. Mm-hmm. Um, that is literally just a bullshit stereotype about people who pursue a spiritual path, and it seriously limits our ability to be, you know, who the fuck we're going to be, you know, authentic. And, you know, that's really important. Um, so basically, break it down, people. Listen, being spiritual means being mindful of your thoughts, your words, and your actions right? Um, And being aware that those choices support the type of life that you want to have. Making choices that support your goals. It's about using your intuition to help you guide those choices. And it's about realizing your own inner power to create a life that, you know, you fucking adore, you know? So just don't let yourself lose the ability to be allowed to be human and struggle and fail simply because you are going through an awakening um, and eliminate those words like should and supposed to um, don't let them preface who you are at the core um, you know express yourself in your own unique way make choices that you feel good about relate to people and say things that you feel good doing and saying really know yourself and then discard all of the idea of this eternally positive spiritual worker stereotype and just replace it with your absolute 100% authentic inner truth because that is who you're expected to be as a result of a spiritual awakening regardless of who you are and what you do all right so that was my thank you for coming to my ted talk i love that <laughs> all right yeah what i think that's it right we got we, yeah we got, that's all we got for today that is yeah so before we sign off thank you guys for sticking through us to the end because now we are going to do our giveaway Yay! so we have been asking now for several weeks for your feedback thank you for everyone who has you know, submitted your reviews, submitted your ratings on on Apple Podcasts. Um, we will keep doing these. So if you haven't already submitted your rating or your review, please do so so you can be eligible in the future. Um, so we are going to do a, let's see. A drawing for who wins the $50 voucher for any of our services. Okay. And the winner is... da 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 da, da. Athron07. So Ath- their usernames. So okay. Athron07. So whoever that is, please contact us at esotericspodcast at gmail.com and we will send you your $50 voucher. Excellent. Thank you so much, Athron. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break you. your name down like it's two <laughs> names. Ath- Mr. or Mrs. Athron. <clears throat> yes. All right. All right. Uh, before we sign off, I did want to mention that we are on TikTok. So if you mm-hmm. are on TikTok, on the talk. Uh, follow us. We're on Esoterics Podcast. And we'll be posting some uh, little blurbs and videos and sharing little stories and stuff. All that cool stuff. Um, and anything else, Joe? No, we're going to up our game. Um, so um, we hope. Please follow us on the socials, though. It really does help. 
um, it helps because all the algorithms are uh, would like to crush us and keep <laughs> us from being seen unless we pay them lots and lots of sponsored um, ad money. And you know what? We just want to do this a little bit more organically. So please share us, um, like us, and definitely follow us um, and tell your friends and everything. So yeah, especially if you guys you. enjoyed today's episode, please share it on socials. It's pretty easy to share into from Spotify to Instagram. Yes. So thank you guys so much for sharing space with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next week when we will be welcoming a surprise guest with a surprise topic. Yay! So, I'm I'm so tuned. I'm so excited because I want to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. Have a good week.